Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the 10th Inning Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about the wide world of baseball, keeping you up to date on America's national pastime. Now, here are your hosts, Jack Miller and Kara Guno. The playoffs are back, baby. Caraguno joined alongside Jack Miller. Thanks for tuning in here on the 10th Inning Podcast on Rome Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. And Jack, I don't know about you, but I am so excited for the postseason. It has been a fantastic season this whole year. We've got a lot of exciting things to talk about. we got the postseason, the wild card, some huge accomplishments throughout the entirety of the year. I mean, Jack, we have Miguel Cabrera. He gets his 3,000th hit. I mean, we got to talk about Judge and wh- what he did. Yeah. Pujol and an historic season. You have teams in the playoffs who haven't been in, in the playoffs in 21 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so, it's so exciting. I mean, for you, what are some defining moments that really stand out for you? Definitely Miguel hitting 3,000. I mean, that has to be a huge accomplishment for any uh, player hitting 3,000 hits. I mean, not a lot of people in that category, and Miguel Cabrera was able to do that this year. Uh, Pujols hitting Ooh. 700, Ooh. 703 right now. Uh, he can extend it in the playoffs if they go if they uh, go far or even uh, in the series against the Phillies. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, but definitely also Yachty and Wainwright battery record uh, over 325 now. Hopefully we can see it one more time right. in the playoffs. Uh, hopefully not against the Phillies. Some, <laughs> but um, but yeah, and also we have the Mariners. Uh, they made it in the playoffs. Uh, 21 years they haven't made it and. Uh, and J-Rod able to make it. We'll talk about him later. Um, but J-Rod able to lead that team pretty much to the playoffs. And the Phillies making it for uh, making it to the playoffs. Uh, both teams with the two longest playoff droughts make it into the playoffs this year. Um, and now the Tigers and Angels are now with the longest Ooh. playoff drought, both in eight years. Yikes. They haven't made it since 2014. And uh, that was uh, prime Miguel Cabrera and uh Prime Mike Trout too. Ah, uh, Mike Trout, man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So those two teams are now the longest with the playoff drought. But the longest now sports playoff drought is with the Sacramento Kings. Oh, they haven't made it since '06. Those Kings. There is no. There, there's no one on the in the NBA that has played the Kings in the playoffs. Oh. This active roster. But uh, back to baseball. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So but very exciting season overall. I mean, there's been a lot of accomplishments. Uh, and I mean. It was a great season overall. 2022 season. Um, I'm a little sad that it's over, but right. I mean, playoffs are here. I mean, but it's great baseball. I mean, it's definitely a season to remember. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, for me, you know, Yankees fan over here, you know, you got your Phillies jersey on. I mean, yes. Judge, we, we have to talk about what yeah. he has mm-hmm. done. 62 home runs. It's astounding. I mean, Roger Maris, he ties them. And then, you know, lucky enough, you know, two days before the season ends, he gets that 60-second shot. I mean, what an unbelievable accomplishment that he was able to do. I mean, essentially carrying the Yankees offense, carrying that Yankees offense. You do have other guys who have had 30, 30 home runs. Stanton's been injured. He comes back. You know, Rizzo's doing a good job but what what judge has done for this team has been and it's been unbelievable and you got to think that he's going to be just as productive hopefully in in the playoffs because what he's done I mean stands good get in the playoffs and we'll see if the Yankees pitching can be good but judge what he's done for the game of baseball it's just been nothing we, I don't think we've ever seen before it's 1961 and, yeah. and that's <laughs> insane first you know ties the babe and mm-hmm. then Roger Maris it, it's just unbelievable what he has done and you know I mean he's a little bit on the older side you know 30 years old right yeah. you know say that older but still I mean I can imagine if he broke through earlier but it's yeah. just so exciting to see what he has done 
and you know that record it was just astounding i know it was just an un- unbelievable task and for him to get that accomplishment it, it's just it's just unbelievable yeah i mean no we haven't seen this since uh since barry bonds and sosa and mcguire um and that's been like a f- that's been like 15 20 years since we've seen uh play- a player like that so uh, Judge uh, corralling the Yankees um, to uh, the second seed in the playoffs, getting 62 home runs, uh, sec- 62nd uh, in Arlington, Texas against the Rangers. And, uh, Kara, we were talking about this on offsides, that um, uh, is Aaron Judge the home run king now because of the whole the whole steroid era with right. McGuire, Sosa, and uh, Bonds. Bonds was 73 and with the record. Do you, But because it's steroids, do you think that, Judge is the home run king of baseball. I think he's the clean king. That's that's what I kind of say. Okay. I mean, I don't know. What about you? What are you, what do you say? I mean, Buns, what he did, of course, steroids are, are that factor there. But Judge, what he has done, I mean, in our generation, uh, generation, what he's done for the game of baseball has been un- undeniable. But you, you got, I mean, steroids, of course, in that factor. That was that generation. So yeah, that's, exactly. that's how I, that's how I feel. What I don't know what what, what are you thinking? I mean, I like I like how you said it. Clean king. He's right. the clean king. He's the, he's the king with nothing in him. Um, but I do think that I was talking about this on offsides yesterday that we that Bonds is the guy that like is the home run king. Like no like no doubt. Like, mm-hmm. but I think steroids doesn't really. I mean, it does have an effect of how far you hit the baseball, but it's still still squaring up a baseball and squaring it up on your bat i mean that's still difficult to do so i do think that bonds is still in my eyes the home run king uh and with that 73 i mean it's even with steroids or not it's still hard to square up a baseball i mean steroids doesn't give you an advantage of seeing a ball and putting your bat on it so um but i still think that uh, Bonds is the home run king, and then Judge. I mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, the clean <laughs> king. So uh, I, I like that. But uh, and then uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I got. But I don't. I see him as the clean king, Judge. So we'll see what he does in the playoffs. I mean, kind of speaking into playoffs, we got to talk about this postseason picture. I think we got to first highlight the wild cards. I mean, yes. they're going to be shaping up. I think to be pretty good matchups. I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. at the NL and the Phillies and the Cardinals. That series, you talked about it, Jack. I mean, the starting pitcher for the Cardinals. It was not who we were kind of expecting, but for the Phillies, they're going out with their ace. They're trying to get yeah. on off that hot that hot start. You know, what are you taking away? What are you looking forward to in the series? I mean, so what we're talking about is Jose Quintana is the starting pitcher uh, for the Cardinals in Game 1, and Quintana is not their ace, um, which is a very interesting choice from the Cardinals. And the Phillies are going out with Zach Wheeler, their ace. So Phillies are going all in. They need everyone to – they need all their guys to step up and uh, win the game. But uh, Jose Quintana, he's he's not doing the he's he's done well with the Cardinals. Uh, he was on the Pirates this year, wasn't doing that great. Uh, he has a six seven win loss record with a two point nine three ERA, which is honestly pretty good. And he brought it down um, with the Cardinals to two point nine three uh, and with a one point two one WHIP. I mean, Quintana's done well with the Cardinals, but he hasn't been the best pitcher all year. And I think the Cardinals are really hoping for an uh, a Cardinal Quintana outing mm-hmm. tonight or tomorrow. Excuse me. And, uh, and and I I don't know why, but like they could have put in Flaherty, right. uh, Mikolas, uh, Wainwright, Montgomery. Right. Like they have all these good guys that have produced well all year, but they're going to rely on the guy that's been well with just the Cardinals uh, through seven games since the trade deadline from the Pirates, and uh, they're going to rely on him. And I guess they're just trying to save the aces and their better pitchers for their next matchup. And if they win against the Phillies in this series, would be the Braves. 
And, you know, we have a new postseason format this year, Jack. You know, best of three. I mean, yep. when you typically have that wild card game, you go out with your ace there. You, it's all Everything's on the line. And now in that best of three format, like you said, you're, you have to set up because, of course, you want to win game run. You want to take that. And they're all at the higher seed. Mm-hmm. So they're all going to be in, in St. Louis. And you want to have you want to start things off and gonna get that first win. I think that makes or breaks the series, essentially. You don't want to play from yeah. behind. So you got a question there for the Cardinals. But I think the rotation is really strong. And, you know, for the Phillies, I, w- correct me if I'm wrong, but the rotation kind of they had a lot of injuries throughout the entirety yep. of the year you have guys coming back and nothing's really guaranteed at this point and I know the Phillies offense was kind of struggling when they have the home runs they're you know really good team when they start off strong and they hit those long balls but they've been kind of struggling as well I think and the first time they've been in the playoffs since 2011. Yeah and I, I do I think one of the reasons why they're starting Quintana is because the Phillies aren't uh, aren't the they're better against righties than they are lefties. Um, so that and Quintana is a left-handed pitcher for the Cardinals, and uh, they have Jordan Montgomery who is a lefty, but that's the uh, the only other lefty they have in their starting rotation. But uh, I think they're just trying to attack that lefty uh, that lefty approach um, because we're not the best at it, the Phillies. So um, I think that's mainly their main reason, probably why they're going out with Quintana instead of a guy like Flaherty, Mikolas, or Wainwright who are all righties, and the Phillies are a left uh, pretty or have four left-handed hitters in that lineup with. With Schwarber, Harper, uh, Stott, maybe Maton, I mean, or Marsh. That's right. five. I mean, so, um, so they're just trying to attack um, our, our weakness on the left side for pitchers. You know, moving on again to the, the NL, San Diego and the Mets. I mean, four and five seed Mets have that four seed. This is going to be, I think, an interesting one. You got it. The Mets, you know, the poor Mets. They're always going to met. The Mets are going to met. I think that's kind of the <laughs> best, best way to say it because yeah. with the Braves down the stretch, I mean, that's that was the tightest race and. Yep. But the Padres, they were really good for the Mets against the entirety of the year. They won 4-2, to two, and the Padres had a pretty good record as well. So that, I think, is an interesting series. If the Mets can escape that, that wild card series, it's unfortunate that they dropped the wild card because yeah. of how they kind of collapsed in the last couple of games of the year. But I think that's, you know, I think the, I think the Mets are going to take that series. I, they should take that series, but... I don't know, Jack. What are your thoughts? I think, I mean, the you did mention Padres were four and two against the Mets, but I, I think the Mets are gonna take this in two. I don't, I don't see the Padres winning against the Mets in in three games. I mean, and the Mets are home too. Right. I mean, that's the thing. So I think the Mets will take two cleanly with this one. I mean, their pitching's good, their bullpen's good. You have Edwin Diaz in your right. bullpen. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just a that's just a name just to uh, give you the chills a little bit if you're a, if you're a hitter. So. Um, but I just don't see the Padres. I don't think the Padres are going to step up. I don't because they don't have a lot of playoff experience. Right. Um, so I don't think that. I think a lot of a lot of those batters and pitchers are just going to be like a little bit starstruck um, on at the plate in the playoffs. And I, I don't think they're going to do well. I think the Mets will take that in too. I think yeah, you got you got Serger, you got the Grom. I mean, you do have your you Darvish for the Padres, but you know when you have the, that one-two punch, mm-hmm. you know on any given day, and then did Mets. I mean, Diaz, you know, sound the, trump- sound <laughs> yeah. the trumpets. Sound He's, the when, trumpets. When he yep. goes out there, you know, I mean, Lindor has been, been promising. And Pete Alonso, he literally mm-hmm. rakes. Like, yeah, Pete Alonso, he rakes, yeah. it's He's undeniable what he has done. Yeah, he had 40 homers this year. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And and Jeff McNeil, you know, what what he did, what how he accomplished. I mean, he did 62 RBIs, 836 OPS. You know, mm-hmm. they, the Mets are just a really, really good team. And unfortunate for their collapse, like I said before, but... And Mets, I think that's going to be a good one. And then, you know, kind of turning the size in the AL here, Tampa Bay and Cleveland. I, I mean, Tampa Bay, 
I think they, you know, were a team that had high hopes towards last season, and then they're and this season, you know, they're in the sixth seed, and then they're playing Cleveland. That's going to be an interesting one too, as well. I mean, Tampa Bay, they're young. Yep. But we'll we'll see what happens there. The thing with this series between the Rays and the Guardians is I don't see either of these teams going far. Right. I think their ceilings the is the ALDS. I don't see them going to the ALCS against because they're either going to have to go. I think they're going to have to go against the the yeah Yankees. they go the Yankees. So I don't see either of them winning uh, against the Yankees uh, when the Yankees have home uh, home field advantage. So. Um, I don't. I mean, the Guardians are a young team. Their pitching's nice. Their pitching's good. I think the Yankees' batters are better. Yeah. Uh, and the Rays, they're just a young team. I mean, they were able to corral it in 2020, make it to the World Series. I just don't think that the Rays are going to be able to have something like that again. Um, because they had a way more. I think they had a better lineup in 2020. Yeah. So I think the Rays. I, I think the Guardians will squeak it out against the Rays in three. But I don't see the Guardians going. Uh, going into the Bronx. Uh. Uh, uh, getting a series out of that, I don't think I don't the guard. Neither the Rays or the Guardians are beating the Yankees in my mind, so I don't yeah. think they're going to go that far. I think that Tampa Bay might surprise. I think I think that Tampa Bay could squeak out a win. I think that that's going to be. I mean, also you talk about Toronto and Seattle, but still, I mean, Tampa Bay Jose series done a, done a really good job for them as well. So that's going to be a, a tough one. But talking about Seattle and Toronto, yeah, I think that's going to be the closest series. I think. Correct. I think if there's a surprise team, it's whoever's winning the Mariners yes. and Blue Jays series. I think that they definitely both those teams have chances to go up into Houston and uh, have a few games at home and have the rest of the games in Houston. I think they can have a really good chance of beating the that Astros team. Um, I mean, they're going to have to go against Verlander and uh, and those guys in their bullpen and in their starting rotation, but. Um, but I think that that surprise team is lurking within that Mariners Blue Jays team. It's whoever wins that series. But that series is going into three. If that if the Blue Jays or Mariners uh, get two uh, in two games, I mean, I mean that's cr- crazy because I would not expect that. I think it's gonna. I think the Blue Jays definitely have a chance to be that that team that surprises everyone. They can go to the ALCS maybe right. um, and try and squeak something out. But um, that's going to be a really good series. That that series is in Toronto too. I mean. That, that Toronto stadium can get loud. Right. I mean, we all saw that when Jose Batista hit that bomb against the Rangers in 2015. That stadium can get noisy, especially with that dome closed. So uh, I think the Toronto will get bumping, and uh, I think they can get that and go against Houston uh, and beat the Mariners in the wild card. I think that the Mariners, I mean, you talked about Jay Rod and what, what he's done for them. They mm-hmm. were like, such an exciting team down to the wire, you know, mm-hmm. that, that home run to, you know, seal the deal and send them into the postseason. What the, I think that right now Seattle, has, they're rocking. They they have the momentum mm-hmm. on their side. A very a team that they don't have that, they, that playoff experience. They don't have it. But when you exactly. have guys who bring so much energy and so much life, I think, but will their inexperience show? I mean, the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, you got Vladdy and what, what he's done as well. And and they, I think, I think I agree with you. If one of those two teams, you know, the winner of that team, they face Houston, if they can beat Houston, I think it's the Yankees th- th- for them to lose. I, essentially, yeah. that's how I mm-hmm. feel because Yankees and because Yankees Houston, have to go against Rays or Guardians, right? I get it. Yeah, and I think the Yankees and Houston, that's been that's been the kryptonite for for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So if one of those teams can, like you said, Jack, just kind of surprise and, and beat them, then I think it's kind of the Yankees to lose. But Houston. 
they did a really good job. And, and Yankees, before we talk about the, the teams that have the bye, we'll definitely break down what they've done through the year. Before we do that, we'll take a quick stop off and return here on the 10th Inning Podcast. So, But before we go to break, we have to check the WGLS campus calendar. Roan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Roan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Pedestrians traveling along the Chamberlain Student Center construction site are urged to follow all caution signs and avoid directly walking onto the highway. And motors who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus counter is brought to you by Roan Radio 89.7, your source for campus news and information. And when we come back, as Kara said, we will talk about the buy teams for in the playoffs, and we will talk about our surprises for the year. You're listening to Roan Radio 89.7, WGLS-FM, and also online at roanradio.com, channel 2. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The workday's done. It's time to hit the road. That's where Rowan Radio comes in and the ride at 5. Tune in from 5 to 6 p.m. for the music that matters and the songs you want to listen to. Give us a call or send us a text, and if we've got it in store, we'll play it over the air. But if you just can't get enough of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond, let us pick the music while you drive. That's The Ride at 5, Monday through Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. only on the station with more music than anyone else. Roman Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Here on Rome Radio 89.7 WGLS FM Channel 2, Carol Guno joined alongside Jack Miller here on the MLB 10th Inning Podcast. Thanks Ooh. for tuning in. I mean, Jack, I'm so excited for the postseason. I don't know about yep. you. We were talking about wildcard matchups and talking about, you know, that that those all the matchups that we went through. And now we're talking about the bye teams. I mean, the number one and number two teams in the AL and the NL. I want to talk about Houston because yeah. Houston, I don't know if we have any problems because <laughs> Yankees, number two seed, Houston, number one seed. Houston has just been so hard to beat. They are a completely dominant team. 106 wins on the year. I mean, they're they, they are a team who has just been so hot, and they have that playoff experience. They have that, that World Series experience, the championship you know, mentality. But who's going to be the team to stop them, I think, is really the challenge in the AL. Obviously, the Yankees are definitely their biggest competition. But, you know, who who can take down the Astros really at this point? 
I honestly think it's the it's going to be the Blue Jays or the or the Yankees. I mean, because those those offenses. I mean, the, one thing about Houston is they have the pitching. They right. have a good bullpen. They have a good starting lineup. I mean, you have Justin Verlander. I mean, that's a potential Cy Young right, right there. I mean, uh, so having that on having him on your team, he has a lot of playoff experience. And I mean, they pretty much have the entire. Uh, lineup as they did in 2017 and 2019 and they like they have Jose Altuve Alex Bregman they have Jordan now I mean (laughs) I mean and they have Tucker so they have a lot of good key pieces to this team and Houston is just unstoppable at this point and they're really good powerhouse but I only see uh in the AL I see Blue Jays and Judge and with the Yankees and all them uh I think those two teams they have the bats to uh pull it out against Houston and uh it's all going to come down to offense between both teams if they can perform. And, you know, Altuve, you know, that MVP season in 2017, like you said, Jack, they have that experience, you know, Bregman as well. And they, you know, made some moves at the deadline for the trade deadline. They, they get Christian Vasquez and then they get Trey Mancini, yep. you know, guys who and they have a chance to produce here. Yuri Gurriel, you know, we'll see what he does during the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> He's a big old question mark. Yeah, the (laughs) biggest question mark. I like the way you put that. And, you know, for them, if the top of the lineup, are they going to carry this team? Are they going to be the guys who can get it done? And what happens at that bottom of the lineup for them? I think also, you know, their shortstop, the rookie, Jeremy Pena, not to go unnoticed what he's done on this year. Can he produce at this level? Can he live up to those, those playoff expectations? But the Astros are just, they get, it seems like they get stronger and stronger as the playoffs loom. It's, it's going to be a tough two teams. I think, you know, the Yankees and the Astros have so much history. You know, fans, uh, you know, Yankee fans like me want to see <laughs> the Yankees, you know, finally break through. But, you know, if a team can sleep through and, you know, like you said, Toronto can take one away from the Astros, it's going to kind of shift the, the whole AL and we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, talking about the Yankees, what Judge has done, I know we talked about that before the break, yeah. but what he has done for this team has just been, you know, unremarkable for the game of baseball and for the Yankees. And Yankees, are, they're going down with a lot of injuries, you know, as of late. They've been, you know, bitten by that injury bug throughout the entirety of the season. And for them to bounce back in the way that they did, I mean, they had a really bad end of the year. Like, August was, was not good yeah. for them at all. But they built that lead, and they were able to carry it through for them. And they had enough cushion where they could really kind of not ride it out, but kind of hope they performed well enough to keep them in that top spot in the AL, in the AL East. And for them, you know, if Judge can, you know, perform as well as he did during the regular season, during the playoffs, they're they're kind of set. But for him, I mean, he's been batting leadoff. I, I yeah. kind of like, I like, I love him in that second spot. I love him, mm-hmm. but DJ was hurt. You know, LeMay, he was down. And, you know, is he consistently going to play in the playoffs? Probably not. I, it's going to be tough, but the Yankees have a lot of guys. They have a strong bench going through now. You Does, John, does Josh Donaldson play? Does LeMay, who get the start? Does Gleyber Torres play? IKF, you know, where does he yeah. fit in? And you got the rookies like Peraza and Cabrera, you know, Carrera's been doing a, a fantastic job, and mm-hmm. he can play anywhere on the field besides, you know, catching and yeah, pitching, he, yeah. and he can play anywhere else. Exactly. And it's just tough because I think the Yankees have it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for Aaron Boone to kind of put that roster together, and and you know who's gonna play? Aaron Hicks probably won't get a lot, probably won't make it. Marvin, I hope he does. <laughs> right, <laughs> for Marvin, the Yankees' sake, I hope they don't. <laughs> right, you have Marvin Gonzalez probably won't get in, but this Yankees team, you know, they have the, the weapons can. Can their starting pitching live up to that hype? Is Garrett Cole going to have to carry, or will he fall apart like we've seen him do before? I think it's going to come down to the hitting. I mean, I, the thing that's hurt the Yankees the most, no pun intended, is the injuries. I mean, like that that's really 
became the case for them. That's why they started losing and stuff in uh, in August and a little bit in September. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were a really good team going in uh, at the end of July, and probably they were projected to be the number one seed. So um, Houston take that took that away from them because uh, Yankees started getting injuries and stuff with uh, Ben and Tendi. Right. They got him at the trade deadline and a whole bunch of other players for the Yankees uh, getting injured as well. So, I mean, the Yankees, uh, they all they did was they just corralled around Judge because Judge was having a fantastic year, and they felt comfortable because Judge kept giving them some confidence boost at the plate because they, the Judge was doing so well. And Judge has to, honestly, it comes down to Judge a little bit because Judge has to keep the confidence boost going and just be a menace at the plate pretty much. Draw some walks and maybe get some hits, get some, uh, get some bombs in the Bronx, but, I mean... Judges, judges has to corral this offense just uh, mentally, just be, just to have him uh, give him a confidence boost. And the Yankees, they finished under 100 wins. You know, projected to, to such strong start that the Yankees got off. I, I don't know if it was correct, but I think it was like 114 or whatever 110 wins they project were projected yeah. at. And they finished 99 and 63, which you know, not to be denied with how good of a season they had, but. Those late season collapses. If you want to be a playoff team and you want to, you know, get that number one spot, which they, you know, finished number one in the AL East, number two overall. But, you know, you have to beat those teams. You have to have such a strong start and a strong finish to the year as well, which I think, you know, plays a factor. You know, Anthony Rizzo, what what can he do? You know, he, you know, has that World Series ring. I mean, but you have that bullpen. I think has been completely falling apart for this this Yankees team. You know, Chapman doesn't have the stuff you know he's could get rocked in any given point yeah. and Holmes, right right <laughs> honestly and clay holmes you know he's been injured we'll see what happens there but and then you have you know i think harrison bader defensively you're pretty sound yeah i, I like that pickup i mean because aaron uh, aaron hicks isn't I, and he isn't the best fielder in center okay. field so um but they really needed a defender for center field and they really got that with bader it's going to be interesting to see what, what the Yankees can do. I think their uh, team, obviously, you know, as a Yankees fan here, it's very exciting. <laughs> but, you know, we're used to that. The Yankees are used to those big moments. So I think we'll see what they what they live up to. And, you know, you know switching sides on the NL, Dodgers, man. Ugh, those that, Dodgers. That, <laughs> they're going to the World Series. <laughs> like, I mean, the Braves and the Mets, they can put up a fight, whoever. Uh, I think the Dodgers are going to have a really good fight with the Mets. Um, and then if the Braves squeak it out into the NLCS, I, I mean, the Dodgers, I mean, that, that team is – an unstoppable force. I, I think if if it's Dodgers Astros in that World Series, which I doubt, but I think if it's Dodgers Astros, I think Dodgers can beat Astros, Yankees, anyone in that ALCS, and anyone in the N- in the NL. So um, that Dodgers team's just unstoppable. They just have everything. Uh, they got Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. That team, that whole team in general, is just unstoppable uh, offensively and pitching wise. I mean, they have a lot of a lot of great pitchers, uh, even in their bullpen. Um, are they getting Gonsolin back, or is he back? Or uh, not sure. But I mean, I mean, still, right. their pitching is unstoppable whatsoever. I mean, uh, they they've struggled a little bit with injuries, but I mean, they've been able to corral it back. I mean, uh, Dodgers and Braves both have really good bullpens, but I but Braves, I mean, they're doing really well too, uh, going into the other team in the NL with a bye. Um, I mean, they have really good offense as well. I mean, they really, they, I was really proud of that Braves team against the Mets. I mean, they right. were able to corral it offensively. Uh, Olsen stepping up, Swanson Oof. stepping up as well. I mean, those guys were like, all right, this is this is the series that matters, and we're going to perform. And they performed. Uh, Swanson getting a home run against the three best starting pitchers for the Mets, DeGrom, Scherzer, and uh, Bassett. And he just was, and he did it in the first inning uh, for a few of those times. So, I mean, 
he, Swanson stepped up. Olsen was able to step up and make sure that there was no question about that Freddie Freeman uh, like send off. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been stepping up uh, as as their uh, first baseman for the Braves, and Braves are a really good team in my eyes. But I mean, with that Dodgers team, I don't see the I don't see anyone else uh, going into the World Series representing the National League besides the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers. I mean, 111 wins uh, on the year, 51 losses, and I mean that is that's absolutely insane. But then you have the Braves, who finished with 101 wins as well. I mean, for them to take down the Mets in the way that they did at, at the end of the year, like you talked about, Jack. I mean that that is absolutely insane. We'll see if their bullpen can kind of come and piece together down the stretch because I think realistically when you're playoff time their bullpen can make or break the series can make or break the team Mm -hmm. so if they can have kind of the pieces fit in at the right time and I mean Acuna what he's doing you know Dansby Swanson Uh I mean they have these guys and this is a team that that is very exciting can can they go back to back can they can they do that but the Dodgers are the Dodgers going to crack are they so hot that they're... I, th- I don't see them cracking. I don't think they, they shouldn't crack. <laughs> they that's shouldn't. the problem. They if, shouldn't. Yeah. What's their excuse now if they can't finish? I think that's, yeah, that's for that's, the Dodgers. Well, yeah. <laughs> why can't they do what they do? I mean, what Mookie's doing. Trey Turner, too. You know, what he's able to accomplish. Freddie Freeman. Their top of the lineup yeah. is just so dangerous. It's, just, it's unbelievable. And then when you have... Kershaw I mean you know yeah he's still with that team that's great for that pitching the entire rotation no matter if he's good or not I mean just for him to have that all that experience few Cy Youngs under him I mean just to have him as one of your pitchers in your rotation I mean those guys like Urias I mean they can all just have a really good experience and Urias is a lefty too so Mm -hmm. he knows um, and Kershaw is as well so I mean these guys can just get a lot out of Kershaw and become good pitchers just by being a teammate with them I agree I mean somebody I think who we got to talk about, Cody Bellinger. You know, what happened to him? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> can he step up? Can he be the Bellinger that the Dodgers know and love? I mean, he finished batting 210 on the year. You know, yeah. he <laughs> kind of had a really big downfall, but I think that's somebody who has a playoff experience with this Dodgers team who's been with them, you know, throughout the entirety of, of the ride. So can he step up? Can all the pieces click together for this Dodgers team at the right time? Because they are, in a, like, an incredible team. Like you said, Jack, they're they're the team. They have the biggest target on their back, I would say, I think. But the, the NL is just so stacked. I, I think the Mets, unfortunately, got, you know, didn't get the best end of it being in that wild card. But, you know, they're going to play, if they beat San Diego, they're going to play the Dodgers. You know, that's going to be tough. And then, of course, St. Louis and Philly, either we're going to have to play the Braves. So yeah. that's going to be kind of mm-hmm. rocking the boat there. I think this Dodgers team, they, they have a, a lot and the most realistically to lose. And being a Phillies fan, uh, I kind of <laughs> like the path that we have, to be honest, because it's first the Cardinals. I would not want to play the Mets or the Braves, like like because at the time we had no idea who was going to win the NL uh, the NL East. So I wouldn't want to play the Braves or the Mets, whoever had that four seed. And I was like, all right, Cardinals, we I want to play them. I want to be the six seed, even though we're barely making it. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're playing the Cardinals, and then after we have to play the Braves, and I'm comfortable with playing the Braves over the Mets. So <laughs> I mean, we've done better against the Braves than the Mets. All so right. and. Uh, and then after that, we we have to play um, you know, the Dodgers, Mets, or Padres. I kind of I kind of like how we have to play a better team in the NLCS if we make it that far. I don't think we are, but <laughs> if we do, which would be great. Um, I mean, we just have a we have a a good. This is the the path I wanted to be honest because it's just better teams that we've played against. I mean, we've struggled uh, with the Mets and Dodgers. 
mean, actually not the Dodgers. Dodgers we've played pretty well against. But um, with the Mets especially, I did not want to play the Mets first round, second round, whatever it was. Um, so I'm happy we don't have to play the Mets until the NLCS if we go that far. So. I mean, the Dodgers, they just are offensively so sound. They led the NL in runs scored, and they allowed the fewest. So, I mean, they were just so strong in, in all categories. That, that I mean, of course, that's a team that didn't surprise us, but kind of transitioning into teams and players that maybe surprised us around the year, Jack. I don't know about you, but judges, of course, surprised but not surprised. I mean, excited is no doubt, but breaking that record, RBI record, what he's done this year, almost almost getting the triple crown, of course. That, I mean, a couple ticks away from getting that batting title and getting that triple crown. I mean, Luis Arise, he leads it off with, with his with his batting average. But that was, an, that was an exciting year. Judge, you know, games away, I think, from winning the triple crown. And I know for me that I think really surprised the Mariners definitely surprised me, and I know you pointed out you know this this Orioles team talking about the AL. Yep. Orioles, <laughs> they almost made it to the playoffs. Exactly. And yeah. Their big turnaround from last year and what they were able to accomplish this year, I mean, how exciting was that for them? I mean, games away from making the playoffs and you just barely missing that wild card game. You know, there's a team. You know, if they can continue on that pace next year, that that's something to think about as well. But I mean, how excited and, and how surprised were you from the, that Orioles team? I mean, I'm just surprised that Boston was the worst team in the AL East. Oh my god, yeah. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't think any of us expected no. it. I mean, the Orioles had a positive record. I think that's right. <laughs> that's like a great season for the Orioles. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, but I mean, that's great start. I mean, Adley Rushman oh, just was oof. a huge dominant force for that Orioles team to step up, and the pitching picked up for the Orioles too. And they ended 83-79, and 79, three games back from Tampa. I mean, that's great. I mean, last year and the past few years, you were the worst team in baseball. Right, like, right. So the fact that you have a positive record, I mean, if you're uh, an Orioles fan, I wouldn't be that mad if you didn't make the playoffs. Like, you finished 83-79 and 79 after being the worst team in baseball for a few years straight. So, um, But the, the Red Sox, I mean, going 78-84, and 84, being the worst team in the AL East, I mean— I think all our money was on the Orioles. I mean, because we didn't yep. think Adley Rushman would step up that much. Right. So I think um, the – but I didn't think that if it was any team, if the Orioles stepped up, it would be Boston. I mean, Boston, they had – I mean, they you have a dominant lineup. I mean, it's just the, the pitching collapsed. I mean, they just had Evaldi. I mean, you don't – and uh, that's all you had. And Pavetta, like, that's all they had. They don't have any anyone else to support them pitching-wise. So that's right. why they fell that much. And pitching wins you – Wins you games. Right. I mean, that's why, like, the Phillies sucked. <laughs> and that's why, uh, in the past, and that's why they've they've barely missed the playoffs because they're pitching, because we slump always in September. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just that we the, the pitching has to step up for teams that need to win, and that leads to my other surprise with the Rangers <laughs> yeah. not doing as well because yeah. the pitching sucked. That's why. Because, you like, everyone's like, oh, my God, they have Seager, they have Simeon. They're good. Right. But no one no. thought about the pitching because everyone's like, oh, they have two good hitters. They're fine. No, yeah. they finish with 68 wins. <laughs> you have 68 wins with 94 losses. And you have, like, no – I don't think a lot of people expect them to have 94 losses, but you kind of expect it if you don't have that good pitching. Like, right. They don't, like, they don't have any good pitchers on that team. And – and I just feel bad because everyone's like, oh, Rangers, they're going to be somewhat decent, might make the wild card. But no, they finished with 68 losses and kind of teetering to that 100 loss mark. I mean, like, good, like, pitching will win you games. And I mean, it just didn't fall out, fall out that way for the Texas Rangers. You know, it's difficult. I mean, I was, you know, doing a quick Google search just to make sure I was, you know, seeing things correctly. 
Last year, the Orioles won 52 games yeah. and lost 110. Yeah, that worst team in baseball. Insane. <laughs> and then Red Sox, they won 92 games last year. And for them yep. to collapse in the way they did was mm-hmm. Was unbelievable. They made it to the ALCS. Unbelievable. <laughs> the, the the Red Sox, you know, their downfall. And that, I think, is really something that just none of us were, were expecting. But another, a lot of teams, you know, the White Sox, they faltered. They cracked. Twins, you know, a team that I think yep. had pretty, you know, high expectations. Maybe, you know, squeaking in that wild card. But a lot of teams were biggest disappointments that, you know, as baseball fans, you were excited for that season. And then... When those teams falter, it does allow for those those other exciting teams, Phillies and Mariners, to get into the playoffs. But there's been a lot of disappointments besides all, of course, the excitement of the year. But, you know, what do you what do you take away from that, Jack? I think a lot of disappointments in those teams that we had such high expectations, a lot of high signings, you know, guys getting moved to different clubs and whatnot and shaking up the MLB. But when they don't perform like you expect, you know, what's next for those teams? Uh, you got to find pitchers <laughs> because right. the, that's the thing. It's uh, It all comes down to pitchers because the White Sox, they had good pitchers. It's just they don't have a great rotation. Right. And uh, they had Dylan Cease. Dylan and, Cease. I mean, that, that's a potential Cy Young winner for this year. I mean, he, he has good odds. I mean, he almost threw a perfect game. Yeah. With nine, in the ninth inning with two outs, he <laughs> gave up a hit. But, I mean, no matter what, he's still a great pitcher. I mean, that's that's their ace. That's their ace right now. So, um, they just have to find more pitchers to uh, go with Cease. And the offense wasn't that great for the White Sox as well. They finished 500, but they weren't the best offensively. And the like Abreu and Tim Anderson, they have to pick it up mm-hmm. because they 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 didn't perform as they did last year. They made it to the playoffs last year for the first time in a long time. And I mean, they have to pick it up just to, in order to get above that 500 mark. And same with the Twins because they, I mean, Correa, I mean, Correa was was decently well, um, and but he wasn't that great for the Twins. I mean, he's still considering, I mean, signing other places, and because he, right. he he said it, he's like, if someone wants to sign me, they want to sign me. So exactly. He just want he's kind of chasing the money at this point, but um, but he's with the Twins, but. I mean, who knows? Like everyone, if you're strut, like if a team is struggling, that you have to go after pitchers because that's probably your weakness. Because pitchers will win you games. It's tough. I mean, the Twins. You know, they got you know Gary Sanchez. You know, it's a former Yankee. I mean, I think he was a wild card. Correa. He finished with 22 home runs. And Byron an okay Buxton. Year. Yeah, I mean Byron Buxton. He had 28 home runs, but there's nothing that really jumps out about this this Twins teams. No. Nothing. I mean Luis Arise. You know what he has done. You know, leading 316 finishing and on base percentage 375. But you know you can't have one guy. I say that you know referring to Judge, but one guy to carry you, and that and that's not going to make the difference. They don't finish with 78 wins on the year. And I think a team that. You know, we're kind of feeling sad for at this point is this poor, those poor angels, the, the LA Angels. Yeah. And, you know, you have yeah. uh, arguably one of the most exciting players in the whole MLB who yep. we've ever seen, Shohei. Mm-hmm. And Mike Trout, who, you know, was injured, you know, throughout the entirety of the year. But those poor angels, man. I mean, yeah. Shohei, you have to give, we have to talk about what he did this year. And for them to just keep not making the playoffs. You know, what's next for them? You know, how can they become a playoff team when you have arguably at the time when they're when Trout and Shohei are both healthy, some of the best players in the whole league on the same team Mm -hmm. and for them to not finish. And what can they do? Because Trout finished with 40 home runs. Yep. And he was injured for (laughs) so much of the season. Yep. It's just you can't have those two guys lead you and nobody else to back you up. Yeah, so I'll give my little LA story because <laughs> I went I went to LA Ooh. um in in June. So 
The thing with, in LA is there are actually a decent a lot a decent amount of Angels fans right. down there. And the people in southern LA will treat Shohei like like he is like this like ultimate warrior. Like like he is the the best player to ever exist. No matter like no matter who it is. And um I remember my dad had a Shohei Otani shirt on Ooh. and there was a guy running towards us. He's just like taking like a jog and stuff. And uh he's like and he's goes like Oh, is that like Otani? And, he, and he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Like, because he's just like, he's just this guy that is just so good because he can pitch and he can hit. He had 34 homers this year. And for pitching, he had a 2.33 ERA. I mean, he's a good, he's good. He's a solid pitcher and a solid hitter. And I mean, honestly, he has a case for AL MVP, but um, we'll get into the award stuff later um, after our break, after uh, in a little bit. But. I mean, he, he's just a good pitcher and a good hitter all around. And Trout is just doing Trout things. I mean, he's one of the best players in baseball we've ever seen. And he's just a dominant force within this uh, within the Major League Baseball. And I just feel bad because, again, uh, besides Otani, they don't have great pitchers. And one of the cool things about the Angels was I went to an Angels game and uh, I witnessed the Mariners Angels fight. Ooh, oh, <laughs> which, wow. So, uh, which was a great, which was a fun sight to see. But, um, but yeah, that game was cool. I mean, the Angels won two to one in that game. And I mean, it was a great game just to see uh, uh, Trout and Otani in person. Um, we had seats in the sun, but we later moved to the shade because we we're just like, <laughs> it's too hot in, in LA. So, but the Angels, they need to find, they need to find more players uh, offensively and pitching wise because. The only guys that are hitting on this team are the Angels. Like they're not corralling the other players in their offense to hit, and the other players in the rotation to pitch well. So they need to find solid pitchers and more solid hitters uh, for that Angels team in order to make it, uh, or to at least have a chance in the playoffs next year. So they they have to find a lot of key pieces within that team because no one's stepping up. Really, nobody is. And they had Syndergaard in their in the rotation, and then he goes to the, to the Phillies, and of course yeah. he doesn't perform as well as you know fans would hope he gets into the bullpen he wasn't performing with the angels either but we just needed a guy in the rotation right and you know you when you have you think Syndergaard, you know he can live up to that expectation and when he doesn't who's leading the way you can't have shohei leading you offensively and pitching wise so i mean that's somebody who we like you said jack talking about you know maybe mvp case but you'll have to tune in and you'll have to find out because we're going to take a quick step off and then we'll break down you know who our candidates for all the categories are and we'll have an exciting little debate about that but we'll take a quick step off but before we go take our step off we have to mention about the wgls community calendar the samaritan center is a program that helps glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month you can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time, email glassboroughfoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassboroughfoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Roan Radio 89.7. WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. And as Kara said, we'll break down our award predictions for this season for the 2022 MLB season right here on 10th Inning, your podcast for all of baseball.
Tune in to Rowan Radio for a community affair with me, WGLS-FM Public Affairs Director Megan Steckler. Each week, I'll discuss with local and national newsmakers topics that affect you and your community. Get a closer look at these important issues from the people who know them best. That's a community affair the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and also online at rowanradio.com. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Back here on Rome Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM for the 10th inning podcast. Caraguno joined alongside Jack Miller. And for our last segment of our very first episode of the year, might I add, it's yes. been a really fun time. We've been talking about playoffs, wild card, you know, surprises of the year. And now we're going to break down our award predictions. I mean, we can go, you know, AL, NL, we'll, you know, break it down in that way. So I know I'm thinking AL MVP. I got to go judge, not because mm-hmm. I'm a Yankees fan, but because of what he did throughout the entirety of the year. Just, like I said, a few ticks short of that triple crown race. What he did, breaking the record, 62. I mean, Otani, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. If Judge doesn't do what he do this, it does what he does this year. He doesn't break the record. I think you got to maybe give it to Otani. That's how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what are your thoughts? Because it's, it's great for the game of baseball. It's unfortunate that, you know, J- Otani might, probably is not going to get the MVP from his fantastic season but what judge did and so so many years prior for a home run hitter to be doing that well i think you got to give it to judge you got to give it to judge because because why because he is the best hitter in baseball this year i mean without this i mean you have to give it to otani once again right but he had he had 62 homers breaking the AL, al record i mean and he tied for first in RBIs with 131 this year. And he had the highest OPS with 1.1.1. Or 1.111. So, and in fifth in batting average. I mean, he's so good as a baseball hitter and this and for this league. And, I mean, he's got a contract that he has to sign for some right. team. And, honestly, we talked about this on Offsides yesterday. It's going to have to be – he's probably going to have to be the uh, highest played baseball player well, in this league because he just out hit everyone and some people in the all-time uh, record book so uh he will probably most likely be your mvp for the al it's crazy i mean didn't otani just sign a contract to what 30 yeah, million to? for one year just one, for one year right <laughs> i mean so. i mean what otani did you can't take away what he did at the, at the entirety of the year but you know judge you know he just is un- unbelievable otani won it last year you know he finished with 219 strikeouts <laughs> it's yeah. just 166 innings pitched a 1.01 whip it's just you know 11.9 strikeouts per nine innings he, he, fantastic he had the lowest era you know out of that rotation for for the angels and then batting wise 34 home runs to go on top of that and 72 rbis as well he did you know strike out 161 times finished the year 273 but Exactly to your point, Jack. Judge, best hitter in the game, and you you have to give it to him 
for what he did. And, you know, talking about now, let's go to the NL MVP. I think I agree with you, Goldschmidt. Yeah, it's Goldschmidt. I mean, he... Because, for why? Because he is the best hitter in the National League. I mean, he was third in a batting average. He had 35 homers, 115 RBIs. I mean, it, it, for a while now, he was for uh, he was racing for that triple crown. Right. Uh, Schwarber pulled away with uh, with the home runs home with runs. with 46 or 47, uh, and then Michael Harris, uh, the second or third, uh, is uh, led the league in batting average. But uh, all he needed was that home run uh, slot because Schwarber had it. But uh, all the, a lot of people pulled away with their categories. But I mean, he still corralled that team to push for the playoffs uh, for that Cardinal team, and just gave a, and was a huge confidence boost. And he had Arenado by his side as well with yep. Pujols, yep. Uh, Molina, uh, O'Neill. Uh, trying to think of who's the, who's the last one. I can't think of the other guy's name. But um, but still, uh, Edmund. That's what I'm thinking of. But still, all these guys. Uh, the Goldschmidt. He's 35 now, but he's still yeah. hitting the baseball well, and uh, he. He is uh, that fire to that squad for that Cardinal offense. I mean, also, you guys, like Nolan Arnato was giving him a chase, and he's on his, you know, his own teammate, yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. his own teammate. But what he's done, you know, unbelievable. I mean, age is a factor on the Cardinals team. You know, you got yeah. a lot of guys, you know, Wainwright, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're the oldies on the team, but they have that experience. And and Goldschmidt, what what he was able to do, it was just, it's nuts. I mean, uh, Pete Alonso had a really good year too, but. Alonzo, I mean, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt at the end of the year solidified everything that he did was to achieve 35 homers. I mean, 319 on the year. And, you know, he had seven stolen bases as well. I mean, not to be denied that. So yeah. he, he did for the game and for his team, I, I think. And but and, and MVP belongs to him. It does. Um, and the Cardinals, I mean, it was it was weird when Arenado was uh, giving him his money's <laughs> worth uh, for the NL MVP uh, and all the stats and stuff. But uh I think it's kind of cool though that um, a lot of the o- the older guys uh, on in baseball are on the Cardinals. Right. I mean, they're a classic team, <laughs> yep. so and they have a lot of the old guys. But um, that's definitely a huge factor going into next season that you have uh, you have Pujols and Molina retiring uh, next yep. year, uh, and you have to fill those slots now. So. Yep. With uh, either you guys that you sign or people in your farm system, so uh, they that's definitely uh, age is definitely a factor for that Cardinals team going in next year. So now we'll move to the rookie of the year. Start with the AL. I mean, you and I both had the same guy, Julio Rodriguez. Yep, Julio <laughs> Rodriguez. Why? Because he led the Mariners to the first <laughs> playoff run in 20 years. He carried he carried the team. I mean, he was he was the judge for the Mariners, and a lot of people were like, "Okay, J Rod's giving us this life." Let's get let's get the life going. So, right. uh, give Seattle um, what they wanted—a playoff uh, run, first time since two thousand and one. And I mean, you weren't even born yet, right? I was not born. <laughs> I wasn't born. The Mariners. Have, this is the first time the Mariners have gone to the playoffs since I've lived. So, uh, so yeah. So Mariners are going to the playoffs, and they ha- they have a good uh, good matchup uh, with the with the uh, Blue Jays as well. So, but J Rod definitely your AL MVP or AL Rookie of the Year. Excuse me, uh, without a doubt. So. And then going into NL Rookie of the Year, you had the same thing as well. Michael Harris, oh I mean, led the league or led the National League in uh, batting average and was just a huge factor uh, to uh, for the Braves' playoff push, especially uh, down the stretch going against the Mets and the Marlins and uh, honestly against the Phillies as well. He had a, yeah. a mul- he just he's a guy that can get multiple hits a game and he's just he was a really solid bat for that Braves uh, offense and would just get on base for people just to uh, uh for people to bring him home so and he plays astounding defense i mean yep. that, that is a he has fact. the speed too he has the speed exactly yep. and uh, you know i have a little story about michael harris both of us got a chance to broadcast the, the blue rocks this year and last year 
he was in the Rome Brave system, and you know okay. they played the Blue Rocks. And my first ever home run call, he hit a home run. It That's was a, crazy. It was a grand slam against the Wilmington Blue Rocks, who were the uh, they were the affiliate of the Washington Nationals. <laughs> and my sister and my father were at the game. They were they ended up dropping me off, and my dad was in the car, and he ended up getting the home run ball. Oh. And I wrote on the baseball, you know, my first home run call. I don't remember the date, but I said, you know, Michael Harris the third. And That's then I crazy. looked, I checked, you know, halfway through the season, I'm seeing what what this kid's doing, and I'm like. Wait, I remember him. I remember yeah. his name. So I think it's pretty cool that you know the, my yeah. little connection to That's him. Awesome. It's just a pretty cool story. But following what he did the whole year, it's just been it's complete, adding to already this Braves team that's stacked. Yeah. And for him to have the the impact that he did already is just crazy. 123 hits, 27 doubles, 19 home runs. You yeah. know, for him, you know, Gansey Swanson, you know, led the team in batting average, but. For him to finish? No, Michael Harris. I mean, that's not. Yeah. ESPN. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, he's I'm, first. He he got it over uh, Goldschmidt and all them. So. And that's just you know that's insane for what what he. Was. And he's a rookie and he has the best batting average. Like he's doing really well. Exactly. That that is and twenty stolen bases. That's a speed is exactly. a factor yeah. defensively and offensively. He 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 can get on. He's second in the team in stolen bases besides Acuna who had twenty nine. But that that dual threat that Michael Harris provides for that team, it's just something that it's very exciting to see. There's been a promising rookies who have really led the led their team, and I mean for the Braves to do what they've done, of course, again. But to add to that already strong team to make an impact like he that he has had, it's just really been exciting for for the game of baseball as well. And talking about Cy Young now, pitching wise. Verlander, man. I mean, yep. <laughs> that's a given. Yep. That Astros team so stacked, but he has really led the charge. Yeah. Why? Why is he the AL Cy Young? <laughs> because he's eighteen and four win loss record, one point seven five ERA, which leads the entire MLB. Right. Uh, one hundred eighty five strikeouts with a point eight three WHIP, which is first in the entire uh, MLB. So, I mean, Verlander is one of those guys that is unstoppable. He's ten and one at home. He's ten and one at home Ooh, with a one point with a one point six four ERA at home. So Verlander is the dude uh, uh, for the Astros and for this entire league. Like, if you want an ace on your team, you gotta put your monies up for Justin Verlander. And he, the crazy thing is, he's thirty nine years old. He like <sighs> he was on that Detroit team when uh, in the playoffs in the midst of his career. <laughs> like he was in the middle of his career with the Detroit Tigers World Series team. So. Um, but Verlander, ensemble pitcher, still at 39 years old, uh, a dominant, dominant pitcher for the entire MLB. And going into the National League, I mean, it's crazy to think. I, I really think this is weird where a, a, a guy that's going to win an award right. is on a team that doesn't even make the playoffs. Like last year, we had two MVPs where both players didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. Did Harper and Otani, both Phillies and the Angels didn't make the playoffs. And we have a Cy Young winner who I think will win Cy Young. Yeah, I agree. And because he was the only healthy pitcher to play well throughout the entire year. Sandy Alcantara. Yeah. 14-9 win-loss record, 2.28 ERA. It was down to 1.5 in the middle of the year. 207 Ks with a .98 whip. I mean, Sandy Alcantara just put up a show. I mean, we kind of expected him to break out, but I don't think right. we were expecting him to break out to be Cy Young level, NL Cy Young uh, uh, level for uh, the Marlins. But that p- pitching for the Marlins was really good. It's, they have no bats. They have no one to back up their pitching. That's, right. I mean, I said it that you need pitching to win games, but if you don't have hitters, I mean, you don't have hitters. I mean, you can't score. So, I mean, you got to score to win ball games. So, But Sandy Alcantara, just a dominant, dominant pitcher. 
uh, for the Marlins, but I mean, uh, 60 plus wins isn't going to cut it for playoffs. So. Right. I mean, looking at what he just did last year, he finished nine and 15 wins and losses. And this year, like you said, Jack, 14 and nine. And his ERA dipped 319 last year and 228. So improving as well. But just how much he dominated this year, 207 strikeouts to only 50 walks. And that is just an incredible stat. He gave up 174 hits and 58 only earned earned runs. That is just his 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 improvement. I think is also a vital factor in it. But like you said, you know you can't have one guy you know lead the charge. You can't have you can't yeah. dominate when you have no hitting to back you. You can't ha- you don't have run support, and that that's a big issue for this Marlins team. So I think if he can continue to dominate the way that he's done, I, I agree. I agree. Next year he'll be a really good pitcher, hopefully as well. But Cy Young winner, I think that for him that that's definitely what he, he deserves. So exactly. All in all, I think that. We've got a lot of exciting excitement in this playoffs. No doubt about it. It's, teams who made the playoffs are exciting, but I think the competition is going to be pretty close. It's going to be a really, a really tight race. So before we step off, Jack, you know, any final notes? What maybe? What are you looking forward to maybe most in the playoffs? I I just hope we get some surprise teams here right. and there. I want <laughs> I want the playoffs to be slightly interesting, not like a usual like oh like um like the the top seed wins. Like I don't want it to be like. Astros, Yankees in the ALCS. Like, <laughs> like I want to see some surprise teams right. here and there for the ALCS and stuff. But our next episode, we'll come back during the uh, the division series right. for major leagues. We'll talk about the wild card and all that stuff. And uh, and yeah, I mean, there's nothing else really that I gotta say. I mean, <laughs> uh, we pretty much broke down the entire season. I mean, I, it was great season all around. Yep. Great milestones reached for a lot of players with Pujols hitting 700. Uh, Judge hitting 62 and the battery with Yachty and yep. uh, Wainwright. I mean, and Miggy getting uh, 3,000 hits as well. I mean, a lot of great achievements for a lot of players that do deserve uh, the records that they broke. So the next time you hear from us, like Jack said, you know, the wild card will be over. It starts tomorrow. So we'll definitely get into those games, break that down. And then we'll be in the middle of the division series, which starts on October 11th. So we'll be in the midst of that, that we record here on Row Radio every Thursday. So we'll break down, you know, the middle of those series, of course, the wild card and what led to the teams to get there and see how that's going. So thanks for tuning in here on the 10th Inning Podcast. Carol Gunnell alongside Jack Miller. Thanks for tuning in and have a good day, everyone. You've been listening to the 10th Inning Podcast with your hosts, Jack Miller and Caraguno. Make sure to tune in weekly for new episodes. You can find 10th Inning and every Rowan Radio sports podcast by searching for Rowan Radio On Demand Sports wherever you find your podcasts.